0: Welcome to Training Room Talk, where we discuss all things performance, rehab, and education.
1: Welcome back to Training Room Talk. I'm Nick Perigini. I'm joined today with Dr. Ray Carr, Rob Urbina. And joining us today as a guest again is Ezra Bai. We are going to be talking about weighted balls today. Um, on last episode, we Ezra talked about his journey um, as a pitching coordinator here at MSI, talked about his time at Driveline Baseball, and his application of some of the latest technology he uses as a pitching coach. Today we're gonna be talking about the topic of weighted balls, the application, how and when to use them, the benefits and possible contraindications of using those weighted balls. So without further ado, Ezra's gonna discuss the weighted balls and and how we can use them to increase performance, velocity, and also from a a prehab standpoint. Well,
2: Nick, thank you for having me on again, of course. Um, So to start, I I think a, a good way to start this is to, let's, let's look at uh, Max Scherzer, right? Cy Young award winner, what, three times, four times in both leagues, right? Uh, he just struck out 300 guys this year. Pretty dominant guy, right? He's never touched a weighted ball in his life. And, and then you can look at a role as Chapman who throws 105 miles an hour and he, he uses weighted balls. So we, we need to stop demonizing tools, right? A weighted ball is a tool, just like anything else, anything else at their disposal. Um, it's about how you then use that tool. Take the four-pound, you know, black plyo ball or the two-pound green plyo ball and start hawking it as hard as you can. You're you're gonna get hurt, but but that's not the entirety of the program, right? We we see pull downs on Instagram and Twitter and everything, and it looks awesome, right? Uh, you know, everyone wants to throw a five-ounce ball or a three-ounce ball 110 miles an hour. And I think personally, I think it'll happen one day with a five-ounce ball, but. Besides the point that, you know, these flashy things just hook us, right? It, it's the same thing with any type of advertising or marketing, right? They, they want to sell their product. But at the same time, you, you can't jump right into that, right? So it, it's the same thing. Are you going to get onto a program and start Triphasic when you've never lifted before in your life? No. I, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No. <laughs> no. Ex- exactly right? There's, there's proper progressions to everything you do. Um, really, to me, I don't necessarily want or need a guy throwing it if he can't squat his body weight or he can't do a push-up is probably a better example. Like, how are his scaps moving on his T-spine? How is his T-spine and ribs moving on his scaps? You know, there's, there's movement checklists that I want to see before I'm going to introduce, you know, this four-pound intense program, um, and then once once they start a program, they're not getting right into pull downs. They're they're going to do arm path work, right? That's what the heavy balls are are generally for. You put them in a guy's hand, and, and you're going to be surprised because he's going to feel things that he's probably never felt with a baseball before. You know, a, a, a lot of comments I get, you know, is wow, I I feel like I had more external rotation, which is what the heavier balls are supposed to do. Or, you know, wow, with a five-ounce ball, I was really rushing forward with this, you know, four-pound ball in my hand, I actually have to take the time and go through the proper movements. That's what it's for, right? We want it to map mechanics. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to get athletes to be good at is to throw a five-ounce ball off of a slope, right? That's the ultimate goal. Uh, and if all you're going to do is weighted balls, then your performance in actual pitching is probably going to suffer. So to me at least, right, you, you go uh, part-hole training. So with a weighted ball, we're going to start from the most constrained position, uh, which is probably something like a pivot pickoff, where we're taking the legs out of the equation, and then you're going in order in a progression to a walking windup. Where you're really, you know, full blown, you know, not quite a pull down, but you're getting some momentum and actually just throwing, you know, the crap out of a ball. But let me, let me clear something up too, that weighted balls aren't, aren't building arm strength, right? That, that's not what they do. It's, think of a, of a med ball throw. You're not really building strength, you're training an explosive movement with a little bit of weight, right? It's more of the speed strength continuum uh, as opposed to strength speed. Um, so it, it, it isn't actually taking this and now I'm gonna start throwing 95 just because I held a four pound ball. No, we, we want the proper movements. We want you to understand proper sequencing and that kind of thing. And that's the goal of weighted balls, to, to me at least.
0: That's great. You mentioned some maybe possible drills that you use, pivot pickoffs, walk-ups, you know, maybe someone might be wondering like how do I know when to use those exercises?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's a great question. Um, so something like a pivot pickoff, uh, there's multiple things you might be working on, you know, glove arm action. Um, do I want his scap to actually get a good retraction? Is he having trouble with that? Uh, a drill like a roll-in is gonna be, you know, you're working on uh, hip-shoulder separation, and lead, lead, uh, lead leg blocking. Um, re- really, it's, I wanna watch the guy, I wanna see how he moves normally, and then I'm gonna prescribe the drills. And right. honestly, driveline has those named drills, you know, the the rollins, the pivot pickoffs. but realistically, I, I wanna see what he's doing, and I'm gonna think of a drill, and it might not have a name to it. Uh, one of my favorites for for getting over your front leg and really feeling that front hip work is just throwing up the slope of a mound. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's gonna come to you watching a ton of reps and kind of just trying to understand it because I'm trying with those drills to say as little as possible. I want the environment to do the work for me and however I can set that up, can I move his eyes away from the target, can I put something in front of him, whatever it is. As long as it's not causing possible injury, I just want to be in the background of
0: it. Let me just clear that up. You want to instruct pitching without saying anything?
2: <laughs> I, I would I would like to avoid internal cueing as mm-hmm. much as possible. So uh, a good example of how to get away from an internal cue, um, we're, we're, let's talk about uh, squish the bug or uh, you know push with your back leg. Right. How about instead of that, you go no? I want you to push the earth away, right? I want you to physically move that mound to the back wall with your back leg, and, and yeah, I, I don't want them focusing on their body. At all, or as
1: little as possible. Yeah, and, and it, it with a movement as explosive as intense as pitching, any focus directed internally is going to decrease performance. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. Where does um in terms of just your weighted ball programs with your with your pitchers, where do you fit that into the to the entire regimen? I mean,
2: yeah, so uh, it, it depends on, on the guy. Does he want to start it up right away? Or does he want to take some time with the baseball? Uh, again, that goes back into what we talked about in the previous podcast with uh, workload management, right? Uh, so it, then you quantify it just a little bit differently. So uh, instead of making 100 throws with a baseball, you're probably gonna make 50 with this slightly weighted ball. And it's just kind of balancing that out.
1: When do you use the lighter balls?
2: I actually haven't used lighter balls with with a lot of guys. I know I tend to avoid them for the most part and that's not based on any science that's yeah. just based on I've seen a lot of really bad movements with them and, and guys just grab them and it's funny. if, if you give a guy a, a normal baseball or a weighted ball and then you give him a, a ball that weighs less than a baseball, Probably 9 out of 10 times, that first throw is going straight into the crowd. Is so that big, a big guy big just... Yeah. And, and so maybe from there, do you want him to kind of organize and understand and, and move faster with that lighter ball? Maybe. I I've personally, again, this is anecdotal, um, guys just, they, they don't feel good with lighter balls. Yeah. And so... I mean, what's the goal? Just the speed up arm action? Yeah, it's the speed up arm action. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, from an application standpoint, what are some of the misuses you've seen of weighted balls in throwing programs?
2: Yeah, so that goes back to a little bit of uh, you know what I was talking about in the intro, where it's it's the it's not understanding that it's part of mm-hmm. a program, right? Uh, just like we want guys to get, eat well and get eight hours of sleep, proper recovery don't just show up first thing in the morning hop on a foam roll and then start throwing weighted balls that's not how it works i want you to understand your 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 proper warm-up and honestly i i defer to to rob and his program for that because what i've seen for the most part is just horrible band routines and and half-assed upward tosses and just terrible movement patterns involved. I'd rather you, you know, learn to breathe, you know, get your rotation on point, if that's what you need to get out of extension a little bit, right? Actually prepare the body to throw. Let's not just, you know, go willy nilly and, and start hawking things.
0: Warm up to throw, don't throw to warm up. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Probably right, my favorite saying of all time.
1: Now what, Speaking of bands, like, what's your, what's kind of your take and feel on, on some of the bands that we see for, for baseball players, like in a warm up or even just at some typical arm care activities?
2: Yeah. Uh, so me with a, with a lot of things really, it, to me, it's the guy's preference. Right. Does a guy like wrist weights? Okay. Do it. Does a guy like J bands? Okay. Do them. Um, but then it's instructing the guy. Okay. Let's not have your ribs flaring up when you're doing position. Rotation. Let's, let's not just, you know use your lumbar spine when you're doing wrist weight tosses yeah you know? okay you want to do it, it go ahead just let's do it properly
0: yeah thoughts on um you know long toss and then we're talking a lot of weighted balls here but would you say you're maybe anti-long toss or you still love long toss how does that fit into weighted ball programs if at all
2: again i I'd, I'd love it if the guy loves it and then you just want to make sure you calculate for that intensity in your workload, right? Because to me, do a pull down or do a really high intent plyo ball throw, just tilt your body and you probably long toss. Yeah, I understand the kinematics change a little bit here and there, but I'm talking about from an intensity standpoint, I just want to be able to mark that workload. Mm-hmm. So if a guy prefers to do that with long toss, Fine if he wants to do pull-downs, whatever. That's that's my take.
0: Would you say there's a downside to long toss?
2: Um, like, would
0: the mechanics of you throwing a baseball change when you're long tossing?
2: The, the research that I've read on it, um, can it change a little bit? Maybe, but I, I haven't seen any uh, studies come out where, hey, if you're going to long toss, you need to really focus back on your pitching mechanics because they're going to change so much. I yeah. haven't seen
0: that. Right, right, right.
1: What about... um? recommendations for us pts in terms of using weighted balls like generally speaking when i use weighted balls in the clinic it's more so for like deceleration like eccentric training um but i mean do you have any experience whether it's with yourself or some of your pitchers using weighted balls like as part of the pt process
2: uh so personally i actually do with uh with rebounders and and decel work exactly Uh, again um if you're gonna implement it, it, it's just making sure that it's part of a, a comprehensive program. Sure. You know, it, it's not just randomly thrown in there because you want to do weighted balls. Yeah. Um in terms of D cell work, I I that's fine. I I have no issues with that obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh you know that, that kind of brings up the point of, of you know stepping on toes, right? And and just understanding where each person is at in their program. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing like, you guys wouldn't want me coming into your clinic and putting my hands on someone, I don't want you going out there and saying, no, 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 this is how you're supposed to be doing that weighted ball drill, right? right. There's sort of that, that, that border, but at the same time, if you guys are using weighted balls and I can go back and say, hey, remember that drill that you did with Ray or that drill that you did with Nick, and kind of bring that back into pitching or into their actual throwing program, that just makes it even easier for me. It's, it's right. just seamless integration, really. Yeah.
0: As thoughts on? I've heard a lot of guys say like they'd like to do the holds, but they don't like to actually throw weighted balls. Yeah. Thoughts on the holds or not letting go of the weighted ball? Thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. So the very first weighted ball program I did myself, uh, I think everyone my age at that time, Steve Delabar with Tom House came out and he magically gained five miles an hour on his fastball, right? And he made it back to the big leagues, and he ended up getting hurt again, and, and you, know, you know, going away really. But um I I remember Bodie and Driveline talking about a study that I, I, uh, you know holds change mechanics too much, they change the kinematics too much. Um, again, that probably comes down to intensity because the guy's probably really trying to right. do something different with the hold because he needs to now hold on to this. I kind of liked um the Florida baseball ranch came out with this thing the, the I can't remember the name of it but it's basically a sock that you put over your throwing arm and it actually lets you release the ball into the sock but then you're still working on decel because the sock's still attached to your hand.
1: That's great. So
2: I, I thought that was actually an interesting tool to kind of get mm-hmm. the best of both worlds in that end but in terms of pure holds that's that's not going to be I'm not writing that into my programs.
0: So. Right gotcha.
1: Great, well, great stuff, Ezra. Thanks again for for coming on today uh, and sharing some insight onto you know weighted balls and the application and and uh, and uses of weighted balls. Um, we appreciate having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Until next time, guys. Thanks for tuning in.
2: When I hear the word pain and and ouch, I'm gonna refer out. Right, that's not my specialty. I'm I'm lucky enough to have you guys here. Uh, uh, thank God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I'm not going to deal with that. Right. If I hear pain, it's, it's not even my issue first. Um, and then it depends what, what affected the AC ratio, mm-hmm. right? W- was it, you know, unprepared from the previous offseason right. even maybe? Like, it. how far back do we need to go to correct that? Um, but I, I won't necessarily look at that first before mechanics because I, I'm not entirely sure the interplay between those two quite yet, but... a a faulty movement pattern would probably cause just as much damage as a higher AC ratio. I'm not sure about the statistics Mm -hmm. on that. That's just a, that's a feeling. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like, like the four of us are probably so familiar with saying, but it depends. Right. It depends on the guy.
0: Right. Yeah. I have one last question, Ezra. What is one thing that you now know that you didn't know maybe three or four years ago that you wish you'd know? when it it relates to pitching?
2: Man, there's a lot there. (laughs) It's really how to prepare the body and and just understanding what goes into a professional athlete staying healthy. It's amazing because, you know, they say right high performance, you're actually sacrificing some of being a human to, to deal with what you have to deal with. But I wasn't even being, it's about, it's not about successful programming, it's about optimal programming. And I was just looking for anything, any quick fix. I was that guy who saw a program online and I was like, I'm going to buy that. That might get me to where I need to be. But then I never actually put the hard work in to follow through with that plan. Mm -hmm. So when that plan ultimately and obviously failed two or three weeks later, I was on to the next one. Right. So really persistent, being persistent with your plan, trusting that you have a good one, and hopefully you do, and, and really attacking it. Because like you know, the the worst plan done a hundred percent is probably better than the best plan done fifty percent. Yeah. Okay. Where it's live by right there. Hand on that. That's great. Yeah.
1: Well, Ezra, it was great. Uh, it was great hearing your story and your and your philosophy on on pitching and, and keeping you know your athletes healthy and performing at high levels. Um, I'm looking forward. I, I have a feeling that we'll be talking again in the future. For
2: sure. Yeah. Thank you for having
1: me. All right. Until next time, guys.